Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A little later in the show, we're going to ask you some of your favorite female athletes of all mm. time. In fact, we'll ask Hayden Knowles the same question. Speaking of SAS, I reckon Hayden could coach some of these SAS, SAS athletes. Uh, no doubt about it. Hayden uh, joining us live from the Gold Coast. Good morning, mate. And the, the holiday continues in southeast Queensland. <laughs> Mate, I'm sitting I'm sitting in a park in Broadbeach and I don't know if I should mention your name, Steve, because everybody knows you here. You're like you're like a local celebrity here in Broadbeach. So there's probably a lot of listeners up in their hotels listening to me. I'm waving at them. I'm down here in the park. What do you got, mate? Is Steve it... Allen. Are you just near the statue, the Steve Allen statue at all, or has that been taken down? <laughs> What's going on? Are, are you doing a travelling show? Are you like Getaway or something? You're like, mate, you're just doing the road uh, show. A little Getaway. No, I had seven days on a houseboat in Noosa yes. with a family, and now we've got a couple of days in the Gold Coast and then head home because I have to get my head around uh, work again, which, um, which starts for me at the Newcastle Knights in a couple of weeks. So um, I've kind of had to get over the Penrith celebration and... Is that, a scoop? Is that a scoop? You're heading uh, to the Newcastle Knights, mate. I am, and I'm taking a few staff with me that you know, Mick. Uh, taking Craig Catterick with me. Oh, wow. Getting the taking, band back together. Uh, it's like the Blues Brothers. I've got a, I've got a band. and about four or five people coming. Um, really look forward to it. No, it's not really a scoop or anything, Mick. Um, try to keep it low-key because my total focus was on Penrith Panthers and then... And then clear my head now and then get my head around um, work again in about a week or two's time. Mate, uh, just on that, uh, was that a decision that you made based on, you know, your travel commitments and all those things or you just felt that your time at Penrith, you had done what you uh, had wanted to achieve? Uh, no, Mick, I, um, it's pretty strange how it all happened. I was committed to Penrith for a couple more years and, and love the team, love the staff, love everything about it. But as you know, I live on the Central Coast and I've been living in Penrith, actually. I've had a unit in Penrith. So I, I haven't lived properly at home with my family for four years. So um, when the nights offer came, it was quite funny. They're in the, the same hotel complex as us, the Sunshine Coast. But when the nights offer came, um, it was one of those opportunities in life where you almost even though it's hard to leave Penrith, you almost you could not knock it back. And Ivan Cleary was the most understanding person. He was the one who also has young teenagers like me who, uh, who said, you need to go home, mate. You need to go and be a dad and uh, be there for your wife as well. And just you just need to go home. And he was so good. CEO, Brian Fletcher was the same. Matt Cameron was the same. And... It all kind of worked out. Everything, everything kind of worked out. And the only thing Ivan said to me was, "We have to go and win this thing now," um, which ended up turning out we did, and it's a, a great way to leave. But like I said, it's hard to leave because you know the yep. connections you get with players and staff is hard to leave. But there are some of those same connections at Newcastle as well. So that's now my job 
to try to do the same at Newcastle. Hey, Hayden, uh, who are some of the players? I know we spoke before we came on the air this morning and you mentioned a couple of boys, but who are some of the players that you'll miss especially from the Penrith Panthers that you've absolutely loved working with? Oh, mate, where do you start? Every, every single player, but Jerome Luai with his energy every day just makes the place it's buzzing. Like he, he, I call him the CEO. Um, stands for Chief Energy Officer and it's contagious and you've got the ultimate pro like Nathan Cleary who who actually sent me the nicest message last night um, reflecting on a lot of stuff and you've got leaders like James Fisher-Harris who I just love he's, he's my favourite he knows it um, just because how hard he wants to work and then you know then there's other guys that aren't really in the limelight like Scott Sorensen and guys like that that are just a pleasure to work with it's Honestly, you could I could talk for all day. I don't know how long you've got. I could talk all day about them, but now I'm looking forward to the same type of relationships with players at Newcastle. Do you look at the players at Newcastle and go, okay, you know, you can't wait to get your hands on some of these guys? Like, you know, I look at the calibre of talent up there, um, and especially you know one that stands out is Caelan Ponga. That must excite you, mate. That is exciting. Oh, and then now, I mean, oh, he's the obvious one that excites anyone in the game. But yep. guys like the uh, Sofiti brothers that um, yes. really looking forward to. I've worked with Daniel quite a bit in the Origin camp, so I'm really looking forward to getting back to him. Um, there's a few players in that team that I've worked with before in different camps. So, But then there's others that I've watched from afar, like young Brayley the hooker. I I've only met yeah. him in a cafe in Sunshine Coast. It's, you just tell straight away he's the type of character you want to work with. Um, yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're talking to Hayden Knowles, the trainer to the stars, but more importantly, the premiership winner with the Penrith Panthers, uh, the guy in the blue shirt. You may have seen him on the front and back pages. <laughs> Mate, you've, everybody the, saw him. Yeah, the, I'm surprised he didn't have the Penrith jersey on. He was there that often. Hey, Hayden, we had a great conversation Mate. before we came on the air, and it's about the... Uh, talent identification. So can you elaborate for us on how you take some players from maybe a junior level to New South Wales Cup and then they explode on the scene at NRL level? How do you how do you take them through that transformation? Yeah, you know what? I'm pretty privileged. When you're at NRL level, they, come, they often come to you, in particular at clubs like Penrith, they come to you pretty ready. Um, then you do get some young guys that you need to teach some, a lot of stuff to you know go from being an elite junior to an NRL player. But when when I spoke to you off air, I, I thought it was worth mentioning that some of the best players I work with, they just they played multiple sports as kids. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, I mean, Nathan Cleary is a great example. He didn't play his first game of rugby league till he was 12 years old. He was playing soccer. And, and mixing up other things like track and field. and Actually, track and field is an absolute beauty for nearly every good player I play with. They've done that as a kid as well. Um, but, you know, you look at Stephen Crichton, you look at some of the things he did, even in those final series games. I mean, that intercept. Uh, he also did an intercept against Parramatta that, that saved us the game pretty much. Mm. Um, you know, scored that try against Melbourne that... Um, you know, won us the game. He scored that intercept. Like he, he played sports like basketball and AFL, and you know they're all multi-sports. So probably the best advice I can give to parents is just let your kids play. Just just play multi-sports, and 
they'll find their way in and amongst all that. Hopefully they surround themselves with people that instill some good work ethics into them and good team team first type morals. But multi-sports I have found is the key to, the, to all the players I work with. They, they all have a really wide background in different sports. Yeah. Mate, just on that, and I think about what you say about, you know, the background in the sports, but, you know, bringing these young kids in to the NRL level and, you know, obviously you said most of them are physically ready. And I remember when I first made my debut, I physically, it probably took me four seasons to physically match, you know, the NRL guys just because it was part-time. I was an 18-year-old. There was, wasn't a lot of work done in terms of junior development back then. These kids are physically ready. The big thing is now is, and I guess the hardest thing, not only for a trainer and also the coach, is that mental preparation and how to get them mentally strong to be resilient, to hang in there when it gets tough. What's the key to that, H? Yeah, you're right about the physical. I mean, now there's there's 18-year-olds training. There's 17-, 16-year-olds in systems that are training more than you did when you were part-time. So, yes. so they are bigger physically. I mean, look at look at a guy like Spencer Lanou at Penrith or mm. or even a young kid named Isaac, Isaac Tago that debuted. Um, he only played one or two games, but when you saw him turn up, he was physically ready. He, there's young guys that are almost strongest in the club these days. But yeah. then with experience and with... You know, you ha- they actually just have to go through things to deal with all the mental stuff you talk about there, Mick. Um, including for our guys losing the grand final the year before, there was there was mental lessons that were learned by everyone, including the number seven. You know, there was there was lessons learned about being able to stay present uh, under pressure, um, stay calm, really compete nice and calm while being intense at the same time. Like those are all lessons they. They eventually learn. Yep. Uh, yeah, and surrounding them with people, experienced guys, and putting them in challenging situations. You know, like I haven't even watched that SAS show I heard you guys talking about. I haven't watched that yet, but we do little things like that. You know, most teams do different preseason camps that have that flavour to it to teach them that type of stuff. Yeah. Hayden, I know you've watched with interest Wayne Bennett, the uh, master coach. On his way to Redcliffe, he, he marched in there yesterday to do a deal. <laughs> so good, wasn't it? I saw it on the news last night. He waltzes in in his shorts and joggers. And when anyone else goes for a $2 million job interview with a suit and tie, he's the king. He's the king. Uh, and you know what? He'll do such a good job. He will attract He'll attract the best players. He'll attract the best staff. He'll attract the best sponsors. Like it, It'll be huge. I think it's fantastic. You know what? It's an absolute no-brainer for the Dolphins to secure. There's only one other coach who I think you could match having Wayne Bennett, and that would be Craig Bellamy, right? In terms of their status, their ability, and what they've achieved in the game. But I think what Wayne Bennett brings up there in Queensland, he is a god up there. And, you know, you're right. He's going to attract the players. And, you know what? The Dolphins need to start strong. They need some success. And the only way you're going to get that is by having someone like Wayne Bennett at the helm who can bring the calibre of player that you need to build a club around. Now, what that looks like for the Dolphins, time will tell. But one thing I do know is he's not going to leave any stone unturned and they've got themselves right where they need to be. Yeah, and you know, you know, Mick, the culture of the place that he'll set, the standards are set, the 
the style they'll play, like that'll yeah. last forever. Like they're signing him on a two or three year deal. That uh, if I was his manager, I'd be asking for four million. Like it's actually what he'll put in place will be there for for a long time. So it's worth yeah. they'll get their value out of two million. You're actually yeah. right. Like two million dollars for Wayne Bennett for three years is actually really cheap, right? I know he's it at is. the back end of his career and everything like that, but. When you think about, and let's look at the Broncos, right, and what he did there for such a long period of time. He hasn't been there for, what, 10 years, 12 years now? It's only now that they are losing that Broncos-Bennett influence, if that makes sense. And, and, you know, Kevin Walters is trying to bring that back. You want the numbers? Yeah, give me 92, the numbers. 93, 97, 98, 2000 and 2006. Hey, H, I just want to ask you about Redcliffe. Now, I did hear they're going to play at Suncorp Stadium. Mm. I, I understand that. But after watching a lot of the English Premier League, I do wonder whether they should play some of their games at, their, at Dolphin Oval at Redcliffe and pack that place out. Uh, I mean, how do you think it'll go, them going to Suncorp? Yeah, well, like we just said, the Wayne Bennett factor might make it that big that they're going to they're going to end up packing Suncorp. Who knows? But uh, we played a game at Redcliffe during this uh, COVID season, you could call it, and it was fantastic. The people were great. It was packed. Um, beautiful surface, great facilities. So surely they have to play some games there. I haven't been across that though, Steve. Uh, a couple of couple of final questions for you, mate, because I know you're uh, you're kicking back on the Gold Coast family holiday. Uh, James James Maloney, uh, what a stellar career! Two time premiership winner in the NRL, 2016 with Cronulla, 2013 with the Sydney Roosters. Went to a grand final, I believe, as well with the Warriors, and then mm. a losing grand final with Catalans in an absolute thriller on the weekend. They led for most of the second half against St Helens. What are your thoughts on working with Jimmy Maloney? over the years and I actually had Jimmy Maloney as a kid when he's come from the central coast he he uh, came to Parramatta Hill as a young kid so I've I've known him back then and then I also spent some time with him at the Roosters where by that stage in his career is well established and and a real winner you know he had a lot of success and then and then I had some great times with him in in origin camp before um, reuniting at Penrith with him so I've actually, I didn't get to see the game, but I was, I was really, really like cheering for him. I, and so were the whole Penrith club. Like we, we just wish he could have gone out with that premiership. And I had great reports from uh, Steve McNamara, the coach, who was only messaging me the the week before, wishing the Panthers good luck. Um, Steve Mack reckons Jimmy's been awesome for him over there, and mate, he deserves to go on a a year or two's holiday in Europe before come back and get a statue on the Central Coast. He's, he's yeah. a Central Coast king, James Maloney. Well, what impresses me about James Maloney is the impact that he has had at every club that he's been at, right? There's not one person that, has, uh, that would say a bad thing about him. Um, he's just that larrikin. Uh, he obviously is offers so much on the field, um, but it's probably more about what he offers off the field that brings and gels that combination and that connection on the field. And, and you know what? It's just a, a, a real positive to see a player like that go out the way he did. And unfortunately, you know, it wasn't with a premiership. But I, I even saw the post-match interviews and things like that where, you know what, he was so revered over there. Yes. And he only had, what, two seasons over there. But he obviously made such an impact. Now he's going to play a little bit of local footy in France. Like, that's going to be so... 
so massive for French Rugby League, for hit, for a play of his calibre and his stature in the game, to just play local footy. Like, it's just, again, just him giving a bit more and, and going over and beyond and, and all those things. He's obviously just one of those guys, H, that, you know, he just fits into any team. doesn't matter where it is or what it is. He just fits in. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the the larrikin side because only so many can pull that off, man. Like, yes, uh, you know, like if everyone was like that in your team, you, oh, it'd be a nightmare. Um, but but he pulls it off so well. Um, but one of his attributes, you mentioned mental toughness before. Uh, I'd seen it in different arenas, but the Origin Arena does a game in Melbourne where he threw an intercept pass. And uh, Queensland scored. Uh, this was Origin 1 in Melbourne in uh, 2018, I think, if I'm right. Mm. Uh, behind the try line, it was almost like it didn't happen. He had this ability to just forget it and move on. And he would tell the team, right, oh, just breathe, stay calm, right, oh, that's gone, what's our next job? And it was a real ability of his to make a mistake and just forget it. And I, I think that's, I think that's a real sign of... I mean, there's so many ways you can judge mental toughness, but that was one, the ability to just stay in the moment. Um, and you can't ignore the fact that he just he had a lot of wins. You know, you can't ignore it. No, that's a, that's the reality of it. You know, he's just an out-and-out winner. Yeah, absolutely. H, I've got one more question for you before we wrap this up. Uh, did you have anything to do with Norm Proven? in all your years in rugby league. Uh, I've got a treasured photo that I put up yesterday on the SEN Facebook page and also on Instagram. And it's after the 2016 Grand Final where I was able to meet Norm Proven post-match and, you know, what an absolute legend. You know, if you're talking statues uh, and a mortal of our game who passed this week. Mate, I, I saw that post you did, Stephen. I... I can't say I have, but I did reflect, and everyone, as they do, you know, like, what a legend. You do pay your own little respect in certain ways. And I did reflect. One of the big influences in my life is Rod Reddy, another great drag. Um, he's been a massive influence in me and coaching and footy and life. And uh, he has a lot of influences in him from guys like Harry Bath back then, who obviously had a lot of influence from Norm Proven. So I kind of... I feel that there'd be a lot of stuff that I now believe in and um, and do day to day, which I've said comes through Rod Reddy to me, but there's a lot of that dragon influence there, which is kind of filtered across the league, and it all comes from him, I believe. I wish I'd met him. I had a beer with Arthur Summons once. That was a highlight there. Mm. Um, but no, I never known Proven, mate. I wish I'd met him. Yeah, I, I wish I could call my dad, uh, you know, He's uh, he's in the heavens at the moment, but he would tell me all about... He told me about the great players, and, you know, he loved Arthur Summons as well. He was a Western Suburbs fan, so that photo from 1963 oh. is just timeless, isn't it? Uh, H, yeah. we've got to leave yeah. it there, my friend. We're off to the news, but uh, view to myself. We're giving oh, you a well done, mate. standing Good. ovation. Uh, enjoy the Gold Coast, <laughs> and we'll catch up when you're back on the Central Coast. Thanks, guys. Great chat. Great chat. I wish I could listen to Nicola McDermott's coach, because... She's one of my favourite female athletes at the moment. Um, yeah. I know you've got him on, so record it for me.